guys. Welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC Doctor Fate fan podcast. I'm Ed Moore. This is episode 40. Feedback can be sent to the Doctor Fate fan podcast at Gmail. You can leave comments on Facebook and Google Plus on the Lords of Order page is whatever would be appropriate. And BigTimeNoise.com is the website slash Dr. Fate. Our episode today is um, In Your Ear. The issue for today is More Fun Comics 69, dated July 1941. More Golden Age goodness of Dr. Fate. Script was by Mr. Gardner Fox. Pencils, inks, and letters are by Howard Sherman. And this brings something to mind I was thinking about when I was looking into this. All of these Golden Age books, very few, if anyone, is ever credited with colors. If anybody out there that listens knows why that is, I would be intensely interested in knowing. They keep up with letterers. I guess because it's often somebody else who's working on the book. But the the colorist, which, I mean, I understand perhaps coloring wasn't as sophisticated then because there weren't as many colors in the palette as it is now, but the methodology had to be much more time-intensive, I would think, and so I would think that that person would want credit. So, but... Most of these Golden Age books, I never there, there never seems to be a record of the colorist. And if anybody knows, I'd, I'd be curious. Anyways, we start out. Um, let's look at the cover, which really has nothing to do with the story in the issue. So we'll move on. We start out with the narrator telling us, An avenging figure in a world torn by evil is m- the mighty Dr. Fate. Learned in magic and sorcery, he uses his great knowledge to fight present-day crime. Instead of black, his magic is white, used for good, not evil. Now, that's the first time they've described the magic as white, because up to now, whenever they refer to it, it's always black magic that he manipulates. No, he never does anything evil with it. So I guess that's what designates black magic, although I thought if the magic was necromantic in nature, it was black. Yeah, see, I don't know all about this magic stuff. I don't even necessarily know that I believe in magic, but that brings a song to mind. But I I won't sing for you guys. That's a different podcast. So we start out with, uh, we we have a, um, the the way that these first pages of the stories are done up is is usually pretty interesting. There are four small panels, uh, three down column on the right side, and a fourth in the bottom of the left side. The rest of the page is one panel. That, um, I I guess that's kind of like a Golden Age splash page or equivalent. That shows Dr. Fate fighting a couple shadow creatures. And and I guess that is meant to be kind of a teaser as to what we get into in the Dr. Fate story. Especially since the cover has absolutely nothing to do with the book. Also of note is that the Dr. Fate story is the very first story in this issue. And the Spectre story, whom Fate also shares more fun comics with is the very last story in the book which I I thought was kind of curious but we start off with Kent and Enza at a party and they're dancing and then talking about hey you know you know you know who lives here have you heard about uh, dude and dude turns out to be Everett Dahlen D-A-H-L-E-N Dahlen I guess 
and they're talking about him. Then they go wandering around for some reason, and they find in an in an anteroom, Dolan stretched out on a couch, presumably dead, with no marks of violence on him. Kent says. And then Inza screams, Kent, look! And over there to the side, you see a shadow figure going through the open something. It's, it looks like a combination window door. So maybe it's some kind of um, balcony door or a, uh, a some garden door. But it looks to be all panels of glass, but functions like a door. Kent takes off chasing him, catches up, reaches to grab him, and his hand just passes right through him. He stops realizing, well, you know, if that's the case, I can't do anything with this dude, so I need to go back and check on Inza, and, you know, I'll approach this later on as Dr. Fate. But right now, i got to go back. So he goes back. The doctor's there. He has a little tete-a-tete with the doctor. Doctor says that it was uh, heart failure. Kent says that Dolan was strangled, but there were no fingerprints. They go back and forth a little bit with (laughs) Kent turning to Inza, as they're leaving, throwing throwing the finger over the shoulder, the thumb, uh, pointing at the, the doctor. Why argue with the learned medico, he says. Magic and necromancy are out of his field. Rather rather condescending, I thought. Kent and Anza go out to the car, which, oddly enough, the way it's, it's, draw, it's drawn, looks like the tree that the car is parked under is growing up through the car because the windshield is drawn on either side of it. Looks kind of weird. First, um, it looks like they go back to Inza's place, where Kent puts on his fake cogs, which I assume is just the helmet, I guess. You just put the helmet on, and the rest of the uniform appears. I don't know. They've never addressed that to to date. Uh, They then fly off to, again, presumably... No, not presumably. Here's an indication of the parapet on top of the Tower of Fate. They go inside, and he does a little bit of research... Uh, they throw out some things, uh, tales of the Banks Islands, where a man's shadow falls on a stone, it will kill him. In Arabia, a hyena stepping on a man's shadow deprives him of speech. And then Kent throws out, uh, I wonder if Dolan and his crew, when they were out searching the deepest, darkest Africa, ran across the lost city of Ragnor, uh, because there seems to be something associated with shadows there. And then we cut to a laboratory that is miles away from Salem, near New York City. And the scientist is talking here. Um, let's see, he's talking to us, actually, speaking to himself. If my, I mean, he's speaking out loud. If my shadow maker works, aha, as I think it has, I'll be the greatest criminal known to history. Next panel, he says, ah, he forms. I must spray him with the materializer beam now. And a shadow man that is bathed in this greenish kind of uh, green lantern, actually, looking beam, uh, turns into a human as the beam sweeps down across him. And sure enough, it turns out that this was the dude that went and killed Dolan because as a, a show of what he could do, the this doctor, who turns out is named Karkul, K-A-R-K-U-L-L, which I believe is a going to be a repeat baddie for Dr. Fate, a nemesis. I, I believe I've seen that name come up before, Karkle. Um Karkle is showing him what he can do, 
and in return for showing him, he wanted the guy, once he was turned into a shadow, to do a little mission for him, and that was go kill Dalin. So the guy materializes and he dresses and everything. He says, hey, Doc, you know, actually, why, why did you want me to kill that dude out of curiosity? So then we, we hop in our way back machine and we see that Karkul and Dalin were partners on an archaeological expedition in Sahara when they came upon Ragnor, ancient city of myth. So there we go. We had a little bit of foreboding there when Doctor Strange was doing his research. Uh, the two men are in the city. They see a, a, a huge precious stone, a ruby. Uh, it is about two to three times the size of either of their head. Carkel. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Dolan Colcock's Carkel, knocking him out, taking the ruby, and jetting. Well, when Carkel wakes up, he realizes he's got no food, no water, no camels wanders off in the desert to try to get back to civilization and is picked up by a um, a band of nomads, as people who are lost in the Sahara are wont to do. So that finishes his story. The bad guy um, goes to his boss, who he calls Slick, and tells him of this scientist who has this really cool invention. Um, you know, And I, I know for sure that it works because... He turned me into one of these shadows. I did a little thing for him, you know, a little little payment. And you should you should see this. We'll really be able to get some groovy stuff going if we have this on our side. So Slick takes his men and goes and, and talks to Karkel. And Karkel tells him, well, you know, no. Uh, there is absolutely no way I'm working for you guys. But you can work for me and only take half your booty. Uh, the, Slick says, okay half to you and, and we'll split the other half and so we, we see that the gangsters here are going to use Karkul's shadow machine to rape and pillage and destroy and whatnot. go back to the Tower of Fate in Salem and Fate uses a globe of white onyx as a, a scrying device to see where the shadows come from and we see in there an image of Karkle and some of his machines. And Dr. Fate's like, aha, now I know the bad guy. And a, a couple things um, here struck me. This globe of white onyx is new. Uh, the narrator tells us that wrapped in a mantle of pure force, he races high over the city, and it's drawn like he's running up in the air, not flying. That's something a little new. And then Dr. Fate also says out loud, uh, which of course is meant for us, my psychic powers will lead me straight to the laboratory where those shadows are made. So that's some more, you know, dropping dropping powers here just to accomplish whatever they need to accomplish, basically, it seems like. The, um, when, when he gets there, he is there just in time for to, to see Karkle change Slick and a couple of his cronies into shadows, and the shadows take off. They're going to knock over a bank vault at, let's see, the Federal Bank. Dr. Fate decides to follow the shadow crew because he's like, well, you know, I know where Karkle's base is. I can just come back for him, but I, I need to watch these guys and make sure they don't do anything nasty. So he goes after them, watches as they get to the safe, and jumps them to stop them from breaking into the safe. But they're shadow, so it, it has no effect on them. 
also the men find out that in shadow form they can't affect the safe either. So everybody is kind of at a, at a stalemate here. Well, Dr. Fate jets to go, I guess, research to try to find some way to defeat shadows. Or maybe he's going to go back to Karkle. Uh, we don't really know. He just jets. Karkle, uh, we cut to him and we see, oh, he's looking at his watch. Well, they should be at the safe by now. So I'll turn him back human. So remotely, they turn back into humans, the the gangsters here, crack the safe, get inside, grab the stuff, and then as they're outside the safe, in the anteroom there for the safe, they turn back into shadow with everything that they're carrying, all the sacks of gold and stacks of money and, you know, everything that they have. Uh, sacks of money, not sacks of gold. The, the bags are gold-colored, I'm sorry. So apparently... They are true shadow. They have no substance, so they require Karkle to turn the effect on and off for them so that they can accomplish things. If if he mistimes that boy, they could they could be in some nasty business there. But, but it worked this time. Uh, we do and see, indeed see that uh, Fate went back to Karkle's laboratory and confronts him, uh, attacks, but Karkle drops, uh, pulls a lever, and uh, the lever drops, and a beam of light strikes Fate full in the chest and knocks him out. Karkle calls it a um, a transerial power beam. T-R-A-N-S-A-R-E-A-L. Transerial. 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 Uh, knocks him out. The bad guys... Shadows come, he, uh, Karkle turns them back, and they're like, hey, this is the same dude that attacked us at the safe. Well, that's weird. Okay. They count their booty, divide it up. In the midst of this conversation, Fate regains consciousness and attacks physically. Using fisticuffs, he uh, knocks out the bad guys. There's a pretty funny panel here, one of the first couple panels we, we see. Dr. Fate fighting one thug is sitting on the floor with his back against the wall, head surrounded by stars. The second thug is one that he has slugged and he's in kind of a squat position but turned upside down hanging in the air. So apparently Dr. Fate hit him hard enough to knock him into the air and turn him 180 degrees. Karkle pulls a gun. One thug pulls a knife. They find out that the Bullets bounce off of Fate. The knife breaks on Fate when the thug goes to stab him. And then Karkle's like, well, I'll just use my transerial beam again. And he pulls the switch. But this time, one of the thugs was in the way. And uh, Karkle says it blew him to fragments, but they didn't show it, which kind of surprised me. I figured they would show that kind of thing. Dr. Fate then blasts that beam, destroying the machine. Karkle says, well, I know, you'll, you'll never touch me in shadow form, and uses the shadow machine to change himself into shadow. And Dr. Fate says, well, you're exactly right, so I'll destroy the shadow machine, and he blows it up. So now we have Dr. Fate and a Dr. Ian Karkle in shadow form, and Fate just leaves him that way. And basically that's the end of the story. They uh, battle verbally back and forth a little bit, Man with your genius should never have, uh, or could have made a name for himself as a useful citizen. Instead, you chose to lead a criminal life. And our narrator tells us here, though, on the very last panel, but will Karkle remain forever friendless? Watch for the return of this arch-villain and the manner in which he and Dr. Fate fight their last and greatest struggle in the next issue. So 
apparently uh, Ian Karkle will be back next issue, and and they will they will finalize their beef that they've got going. Um, I should have said this up up front, but if you want to read this issue, it can be found in the Golden Age Doctor Fate archives that DC put out in two thousand seven. A little bit of feedback we hear uh, once again from Mr. Kyle Benning this time on the Facebook page. I mentioned the Knight family on an episode 35. Kyle says, The Golden Age Starman was named Ted Knight. Not to be confused with the actor Ted Knight, who played played Judge Smales, uh, Smales in Caddyshack and was the narrator voice for the Super Friends cartoon. And then we also have a post from Eric Wilkerson-Gilliard that says, Always brightens my day to see a new Lords of Order post in my Facebook feed. So thanks, both of those gentlemen. Uh, Also, Mr. Wilkinson-Gilliard, as he has commented previously on the Facebook page for Lords of Order. So that was kind of cool. Next episode... We have, uh, let me take a quick look here, should be More Fun Comics issue 70. Uh, That issue also can be found in the Golden Age Dr. Fate archives from DC if you guys want to get that and read that ahead of time. So, I'm out. See you guys next time. Ciao. Lord's Border is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.